Canine Cast number 45 is brought to you by Home Again. Home Again ID microchips at homeagainpets.com. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello, everyone. This is Walter with your Canine Cast recap. In case you missed the last Canine Cast, Canine Cast number 44, we talked about training techniques and instructions on how to introduce a new puppy to your dog. Plus, we had a listener story called Computer Attack. Thanks, Walter. On today's Canine Cast, we're going to be talking a little bit about dogs in apartments, specifically um, our experiences with finding an apartment that allows dogs and some tips for people who are going to be doing that now, um, and also what challenges we've found from being in the apartment and specifically from um, being in a slightly smaller space than we were in in our house. We also have a story from a young man about his first pet. We have a listener email from Shana. She asks, what kind of apartment did you find that allows dogs? What challenges do you face in a small space with large dogs? Might be an interesting topic. I know you did talk earlier about having a dog with small living space, but I don't think your dogs are used to that. And um, that's that's really cool that you remember that, Shana. In our canine cast number 11, we talked about um, some advice for living in an apartment with a dog. And specifically what we were talking about in that canine cast was if you're living in an apartment or if you're going to be living in an apartment and you want to get a dog, um, how, to, how to do that in the best way, kind of uh, the, from the perspective of having an apartment, getting a dog. And now, of course, with us moving, we, had to, we did the uh, perspective of having the dogs needing to get an apartment. So if you're looking for an apartment that allows dogs, there's a number of ways to go about this. Um, now, where we are now is a little bit different than, than where we were in Florida, because down in Florida, most apartments were in complexes. So for us, it was actually kind of easy. We went to, um, we even had a, a place that their business was, they would find apartments for you. You would just go in and tell them what you wanted. They'd print you up a list of apartment complexes that had a deal with them, and then you would go find your apartment. And as a person looking for an apartment, it was free because the um, the business got paid by the apartments paying for the referral. So, um, so that's what we actually did when we were, when we moved right before we got Toby. But um, this time it was it was really different because up here there aren't uh, there aren't as many complexes. It's it's kind of very few, and what you run into a lot more are um, individuals who are either either have buildings that have apartments in them and will rent them out. But most of the time, those are just um, small areas, and they'll only have um, you know maybe ten or less units. And it's not really a complex so much as just you know a number of buildings. Or you'll run into individuals where their house is set up such that there's actually an apartment in the house. And you rent from them, so that well, that took a, a whole whole different strategy. But um, to get to get started, for anybody who might have dogs and be looking for apartments, there is a great website that I ran across during our search called PeopleWithPets.com, and this website's sole purpose is to help people find an apartment that will that's pet friendly that will allow them to move in with their pets. So that is a great resource. And then there are also many different apartment finder type websites um, out there on the net that will normally include an option for you to say whether or not 
um, the apartment needs to be pet friendly, which, of course, for all of us uh, people who are going to bring our dogs with us to the apartment, the answer to that would have to be yes. So uh, I would just recommend that if you um, go that route and if you live in an area where there are a number of listings so that you can actually research those, then just make sure that you uh, that you check to see what type of a pet policy they have. A lot of places that are quote unquote pet friendly um, may, for instance, only allow cats, or if they do allow dogs, they'll only allow a limited number of them, or maybe um, the dogs can only be a certain size, or there's a number of breed restrictions. Um, what we ran into when we were looking is we actually found of there aren't that many complexes, but of the few we found, there were a few that were pet friendly. Well, most of those were cats only, or they would allow dogs up to 25 pounds. Now, Kyler is a 50-pound dog, so that wasn't going to work. And then there were other ones that we found that would allow dogs of any size, but the catch was you can only have one dog. And, you know, we have two, and we're planning on bringing them both. And uh, as much as I would like to count Toby as, as not quite a whole dog for those purposes, they weren't uh, buying that. So, any, so anyway, so there we were, and we found that in our case, the, um, the individual rentals were, were kind of our only choice. So... Um, some tips for that. What you'll what you'll basically be doing probably, and what we did is going through um, classified ads, or um, there'll be apartment rental um, places online that have individual um, apartments for rent, houses for rent, that kind of thing. Um, with individuals, go ahead and and read the ad and see if it says anything about pets. Very occasionally, you'll see one that overtly says pets are okay. More often, what you see are um, they'll either not say anything about pets or they will say pets are not okay. Um, if it says something like, like um, cats only or pets are not okay, I would say don't, don't try calling them to, to change their mind because they probably have it made up um, unless you're really in a tough situation. But most of the time that is not going to, um, you know, to give you a lot of, a, lo- a lot of results for your labor. What you can do, though, is go ahead and call any that, if they don't say anything about pets, call them and just ask what their pet policy is. Um, you can tell them what you have and see what they will allow. Um, that's we did, we did a lot, a lot of that. And most of the places where they didn't say anything one way or the other um, were amenable to it. So you just have to you just have to see. Um, and for a lot of those, it's it almost seemed like they thought that the dogs would be okay under certain circumstances. Like for instance, um, you know, our dogs are a little bit older now, so they were okay with that. Whereas, you know, we'd get the question, well, you know, how active are they? You know, how old are they? And I think they just basically didn't want, you know, little little puppies that were very, very active and, and going to cause a ruckus, which um, our guys... On, in general, act like they're not going to cause a ruckus, although they were the other night while we were recording. Um, in any case, though, what you what you can do um, if you if you run across individuals, some things that will help if they are kind of on the fence or are asking about you know certain questions about your dogs, they may or may not be okay. Is one, go ahead and let them know that you uh, plan to get renter's insurance, and if you're renting, I highly recommend that you do get renter's insurance um, for, you know, your your things and so that you're covered in that area. But on top of that, um, we found out that at least around here, 
if say, say something happens um, with a dog and they attack somebody and it's a renter's dog that attacks somebody, well, the building owner can actually be held liable for that attack as well as, of course, the, um, the dog's owner. So um, one, one way to mitigate that risk is through renter's insurance that will um, also cover dogs and, and the person's liability in case of an attack. So that's, that's one thing that's very important to do, not only for yourself, but for the building owner. And that's a way to make them maybe a little bit more comfortable with your dogs if they were kind of on the fence um, to begin with. Also, bringing your well-behaved dog with you to meet the person who owns the property can also be a big, big help. Um, there, there were a number of a number of people who, you know, basically before they would say yes or no, and our dog said, "Oh, well, you know, I want to meet them and make sure that they're that they're calm enough." Um, there was one individual who had a dog of her own on the property, so she wanted to make sure that our dogs got along, which they all did famously. Um, and there was there was another one who actually, uh, when we told him the the type of mix that Kyler is, um, I think we I think we had mentioned that she had spots that looked like they could be Dalmatian. And he said, oh, all the Dalmatians I've known have been very, very hyper and excitable. And we said, yeah, well, Kyler's not exactly that, at least not inside. Outside, she likes to play. As she lays, like, totally worn out on her bed right now as we chat. Yes, she's she's an extremely, extremely calm dog. So I, I kind of giggled at his at, at his um, concern over that and said, well, you know, y- you'll meet her and, and don't worry. It's, she's not terribly excitable. <laughs> So it was so so that was fine, but um, just you know different things that you'll run into, and having having your dog, um, you know, if they're well behaved, and especially if you if you have trained them so that they will respond to different commands, that's very very impressive to um, potential landlords. So go ahead and bring them along, introduce them. Um, also, some other things that don't hurt to have with you are your dog's vet records, so that you can show that you know they've always they've always had their shots. Um, you know your vet. You know, vet records say you know basic basically that you are a responsible owner. What you've done with your dog, they can look at that and see. Okay, the dogs have had their shots every year. They've been they've been looked at, so on and so forth. Obviously, this person takes good care of their dog, which is important as well. Um, and in addition, for anybody who has gotten a Canine Good Citizen certificate, and I know a number of you have written in to tell us that you've done that, um, and there's a few of you who do different types of competitions with your dogs. Those can also be good to bring along as well. The landlord, depending on how into dogs they are, may or may not know what it is. And and chances are, if it's a question whether or not they're going to let the dog in your property, then they won't know exactly what these things are. But something saying, you know, canine good citizen certificate, um, you know, that's that's something that gives, you know, you can explain to them, well, basically, this is you know, a certification that my dog is, you know, well behaved, that kind of a thing. And and that can help as well just a little bit. So these are just some ideas to think about when trying to look for an apartment. Now, what we did because of our situation was not what I would recommend in that we basically had a very, very short time to move. So we came up here and stayed in a hotel while we were looking for apartments. Um, we were very, very lucky in that we were able to find an apartment within a week that would take our dogs and was, you know, a nice apartment and we're very, very happy with it. Normally speaking, if you possibly can, go ahead and take as much time as possible to find a new apartment. Um, We lucked out in that in this particular market, they were kind of, um, it was kind of a buyer's market. So that helped us a lot. Um, 
in a lot of places where it may be more of a seller's market for apartments. Um, it can be really tough to get an apartment, period. And then throwing the dogs into the mix can make it even tougher. So um, you can you can start looking at as much as six months beforehand if you know that you're coming up in a situation where you're going to move and you're going to be in an apartment or a rental. Um, if you can start looking six months in advance, that's great. And a lot of places you can go ahead and get your apartment lined up, go ahead and move in when the time comes. But in the meantime, you have all of that time to find a great place that'll take your dogs. You don't have to be rushed and it just makes for a, a lot less stressful of a situation for everybody. Um, now, as, as, we, as we brought up in uh, canine cast number 11, but I definitely want to reiterate it because you know it's so very important. When you live in a rental with your dog, you're kind of an ambassador for dog owners and other dogs. Um, your actions will affect whether or not the place will continue to allow dogs. So you just want to be the model dog owner. Um, you want to make sure that you always pick up after your dogs. Always keep them on a leash unless they're in an enclosed area. Um, and in large, I mean, we always recommend that anyway, regardless of where you are. But in large part in an apartment situation, um, there are likely to be you know other people around children. And especially if you find an apartment that allows dogs, chances are there's going to be a very high population of people there who have dogs because, you know, same, the same as you, it's a little bit tougher to find apartments that allow dogs. So they're going to have their dogs out and they may or may not have them on the leash. And you just want to avoid any altercations. So, um, so make sure always have your dog, you know, on their leash. And also something that may be a little bit different in your own home. When you've been in an apartment for a while, or maybe if you've owned a house um, somewhere where your dog is familiar with, then, you know, they may be totally housebroken and they run around and there's there's no need for you to, say, put them in a crate or put them in a safe room when you're out because, you know, they're perfectly well behaved. When you put them in a new situation, um, such as moving into an apartment, it's a great idea to go ahead and go ahead and put them in their crate to prevent any damage. Um, even if they were well behaved in their last area, until they're used to their new place, um, you know, which includes you unpacking and setting everything up and things not moving around as much, um, they can they can tend to act a little bit differently or be stressed out. Um, which can result in some damage to the apartment. So since we want to, you know, of course, avoid that, um, go ahead and use, use the crate. That's, that's been just a lifesaver with these two. And they're just, you know, they, they love their crate. I think that's been what's kept them calm through this whole entire thing. Um, and last but not least, if your dog has any aggressive tendencies, if it has aggression towards other dogs or it has aggression towards, say, um, children or other people, some dogs maybe like women but not men, so on and so forth, I would highly recommend that you really, really think about um, renting a house rather than an apartment if you possibly can, um, or at least or at least try to get into a, a less you know, the least populated area that you can. Just because if you are in an apartment situation, as you said before, if they allow dogs, chances are there'll be a, a higher than normal number of dogs there. Um, you know, there'll probably be children, lots of other people around. So you want to um, try try to lessen the amount of times that your dog is going to run into um, something that really, really makes it um, act aggressively. So, uh, so that's that's you know kind of all of our, all of our tips for finding an apartment um, that you know things that we've gone through. It was very 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 interesting 
uh, situation. We actually had a lot of fun, met a lot of people who just loved our dogs and um, were, were thrilled to see them, which was really, really nice. And our, and our landlord, um, where we actually ended up going, had recently lost his, his dog that he'd had for 14 years. So he just, he loves our dogs. He thinks they're great. There's lots of people with dogs around here. And he's always very happy to see them. So it ended up being a really, really good situation. Um, now, so far, as, so far as the actual space that we're living in and the challenges living here, um, first of all, for us, uh, I, I guess you can say it's lucky that our, our old house was kind of a smaller space anyway. So it hasn't been too, too much of an adjustment to the dogs having a smaller space inside the house. The big, big adjustment is that um, they don't have a yard anymore. So it's, it's become a lot tougher for them to get their exercise. So, you know, what, what we do is, you know, we have an area where we can take them out on a long lead and kind of let them run around as if they, you know, as if they weren't on leash, even though they, they are. They can kind of get some energy out that way. Um, and we've been um, going to the dog parks more frequently than we, than we had been in the past, for sure. Um, the, the, the inside really isn't big enough for them to run around, but, uh, of course them, you know, them, them being dogs and, and liking their fun, they still try the best they can though. So, uh, so that, that's been, um, you know, the biggest challenge is getting their exercise for us. But I think, um, you know, going from any place with the yard to any type of an inside apartment living situation, you'd probably run into that. Now, if you have, you know, if you have large dogs, of course, you know, the larger your dogs are, the larger their supplies are, the larger your bags of food are, the larger their bed is, the larger their crate is, um, you know, and so on and so on. So, um, so going ahead and consolidating that into a smaller area can be a little tough and we, we definitely did a lot of head scratching over where their, their crate was going to go because it's, it's actually, it's really, it's really large. It's, um, it's kind of oversized for the both of them. Um, so, so that was a little tough as well, but, you know, interestingly, just, just as an aside, um, if you do run into problems with the crate, trying to find out where to go, you can always get a piece of plywood and throw and throw a, um, tablecloth or a piece of cloth over it and use it as an end table too. So that can help you, that can help you to kind of fit it into your decor a little bit, um, when you're, when you're having trouble with space. And actually if it's, if it's big enough, then if it's big enough and you have a really small, um, apartment, then you could use it as a, you know, as a dining room table or whatever you want. Just make sure that the dogs don't get to the food on top of it. <laughs> I think that's a little crazy. Well, well, it, de- it depends because if you have, if you, if we had say, um, a studio or a one bedroom apartment where we weren't setting up a separate, um, you know, a, se- a separate room for, with, with couches and living room and such, then, um, then, you know, that might be a very, very useful, um, way to do it. Well, in my parents' house, the dog used to always kind of stay underneath the table when we were eating, so that wouldn't be too far a stretch, I guess. No, exactly, exactly. How, I mean, a number of dogs, Kyler included, just love hanging out under tables anyway, even if there's nobody there. So you know, it could be it could be similar in, in any case. Um, but yeah, just just there may be different things that you need to do uh, moving into a smaller space to kind of um, you know find different different places to keep your your dog supplies. Um, you know, hang, maybe hang some more things on the wall, maybe hang up your leashes rather than, um, putting them in a cabinet, you know, so on and and so forth. But, um, you know, that's luckily, luckily for us, actually, um, even though it's a slightly smaller space, there's actually more storage room. So 
we've had an easier time with the dog supplies this time, which is great. We absolutely love that. We, we didn't have any basements in Florida, so that changes everything. Yes, that's true. Which, for us, the dog supplies aren't really going down in the basement, but other things are, which frees up room for the dog supplies. is excellent. So, um, so we're really kind of happy about that. Um, then then the other the other challenge that we've run into and this is in large part because we we lived in a house and didn't have um people i mean people were people were next to us we had neighbors close by but not so close that when they were say coming and going the dogs could hear them so um you know living close to other people is tougher because our our dogs are watchdogs and you know and that's and that's good i mean we want to know if there's something going on um, but, you know, but they'll, they'll bark and, you know, we've trained them to, you know, to stop barking when we tell them, but what we're running into that's a little bit different than living in the house is that here, um, you know, somebody may be coming or going, or there may be say a party going on upstairs or, or something and the noises continue. And as the noises continue, the dogs feel the need to continue telling us that they're there. So, uh, that's, that's been kind of interesting and we've had, we've had more than a few times where, you know, they'll bark and we tell them to stop and they do for 30 seconds and bark more and they do for thir- and they do and we tell them to stop and they stop for 30 seconds, which is, which, which is very interesting. But, um, but I've also noticed that as we've been here longer and they're getting more used to hearing noises around, they're getting a little bit less intense with it. So, um, you know, so I hope that that continues. And it has nothing at all to do with your training them. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing stuff to we're doing stuff to to help them bark less. Yes, yes, that we are. And actually, um, in our in canine cast number eleven, we did go over um how to get your dog to stop barking as well. So you know, so if 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 you end up in our situation where you move into an area where your dogs are being more watchdoggy, then uh you know check that out. That'll help as well. I think I'm going to have Toby and Kyler listen to that one. Yeah, yeah. After after the last show, maybe they maybe they should. No, they're they're doing really well right now. So thank you so much, uh, Shana, for writing in and asking about our experience. Um, it's it's been it's been really neat. Uh, we're having a great great time here, and I think the dogs are as well. Um, you know, like I said they probably they probably want more exercise, and it's very different for them. But um, they seem they seem pretty happy. Yes, thanks very much. And don't forget, you can see a picture of Shana's dog Pepper in the listeners' picture gallery. Now we have a story, and this story was sent in by Trevor, and he called it Chester's Story. When I was an infant, my parents worried about our family's German shepherd, Chester, not getting along with me. He was five years old at the time. Once I got home with them, he began to understand what I was and took my baby abuse very well. When I was preschool-aged, I'd always come home very tired from school and my father from work. We'd both take a nap, and I'd find Chester laying curled up on the floor resting. When I was in kindergarten, I'd always come home and play with Chester. To put it simply, I was attached to this dog, which made it so much harder to look at the letter that Chester's vet sent my family in April of 1998, which had said that my beloved dog had passed on. I've learned to deal with it, but he was the only dog I've had since that summer because I have a little brother now that is allergic to dogs. Since then, I have found a way to have all the dogs that I need. I volunteer at my local Humane Foundation. Signed, Trevor. Thanks so much for writing us and telling us about that, Trevor. It sounds like Chester was a really, really special dog and special to your family. And what's what's really interesting is actually when I was born, my mom had a dog that was about uh, 10 years old at the time and had the exact same worry that he wouldn't get along with me. But it sounds exactly like your experience. Um, you know, as soon as I 
came home, the dog, you know, loved me and would take would take anything, you know, even though at the age of three, I was trying to pick him up, which I had no business doing. But uh, but was absolutely great. And uh, yeah, losing him was really tough. So I know how that goes. But it sounds like you're doing great things with your love of dogs. It's so great to hear that you're volunteering at your local Humane Foundation and that you've been able to, you know, take your love of dogs and do something as wonderful as that with it. Um, volunteering you know, with dogs is, is absolutely wonderful. It'll be great for you as you are working towards going to vet school. It'll be invaluable experience. Um, but all, but also, you know, it's amazing how you say you get to have all the dogs you need. So I know um, when I was doing it, it almost was like that. Like they were my, you know, my dogs that just happened to not live in my house with me. And Tara would always bring home stories about the dogs that she was taking care of when she came back from, from the shelter. And it was always really cool to hear what was going on with them. They really were her dogs. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. As a matter of fact, uh, when they got adopted, it was amazingly happy because they were going to a home but you know at the same time you kind of end up missing them and that's when you figure out that you kind of think of them as your pets away from home but uh, but anyway thank you so much for sending that in we loved hearing about you know your experience and also uh, what you're doing with the dogs today so yeah keep keep volunteering keep it up thanks very much trevor that was a wonderful story and now a word from our sponsor as a bloodhound i have a pretty good sense of smell Right now, I can smell a 7-ounce filet with hollandaise sauce about four miles from here. Mmm, I love filet. I think I'll go see if they have any left over. You don't think your dog will run away? Your dog might think differently. One in three pets will get lost. Without ID, 90% won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again Microchip, a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit homeagainpets.com. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Home Again. And you can visit their website at homeagainpets.com. And next up, we have some listener pictures. These pictures were sent in from Rachel, and they're pictures of her two monsters. And one of them is Falcor, and the other one is Laney. And both of them are white boxers, which is kind of amazing. I have heard that they're pretty rare. Well, they're rarer than the than the other colored ones. It's actually... Um in confirmation, it's considered a fault in the breed, so you don't um, run across Shh, them. Don't let Falcor Laney here. Well, a- actually, though, my dad has a white boxer that we absolutely love, and what's what's hilarious to me is that one of them is named Falcor because we've always said from the time that Dottie was little that she looked just like Falcor from the Neverending Story. Oh uh, yeah! As soon as I saw the name Falcor, I started hearing the soundtrack and the quotes from the movie and. I'm resisting the urge to do my impression of of Falcor of Atreyu. But uh, thanks so much for sending in those pictures, Rachel. Falcor. There. No, it's there. Okay. Go on. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel, for sending in those pictures. Your dogs are so cute, and they re- they remind me of my my dad's boxer, who I haven't seen in some months, and I live far away from now. So it's nice to get to see pictures of them. And with that, we're at the end of our show now. So thanks, everybody, so much for joining us once again. And uh, as always, we love hearing from our listeners, um, getting your pictures and your stories, your questions. Um, and I've actually gotten some in the email box now that are that are pretty uh, involved and detailed, and they're going to take a, a bit of research on my part. So uh, you know, you'll you'll have to stay tuned to hear about those. They'll be coming up. 
But uh, in the meantime, if you haven't already, please spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about CanineCast, please send an email to caninecast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail at 206-338-DOGS. And you can leave a comment on our website at caninecast.com.